What if a play ended one inch further? A runner could have run one second faster. A team didn't have a draft pick too late, or an infamous trade was instead declined. Sports history isn't as straightforward as just stats and awards, winners and losers would make you believe. Endless alternate possibilities exist, and some could have not just impacted the outcome of one particular game, but in some cases the sport and world itself. Join us as we explore and discover the wrinkle in the game. Hello and welcome back to Wrinkle in the Game. I am Phil, along with my good buddy Rob. And Rob, I have a story I want to talk to you about. You cool with that? Absolutely. We just found out recently that the first two series of baseball are being canceled. I know you're very disappointed about that. I'm beyond mad about this. (laughs) Hopefully there won't be any more series that are canceled. I'm not holding my breath. I wouldn't. But yeah, you know, I, I think we won't have baseball until probably June at soonest. But I want to talk a little bit about baseball today. Oh, good. And that's like the next best thing. And I want to go back to the early 1900s. You remember that time? And yeah, just um, like yesterday. It was just like yesterday. And about a man by the name of George Herman Ruth. Never My, heard of him. Never heard of him. My question today, before we get into it, is. What if Babe Ruth had stayed to be a full-time pitcher? So I'm going to give a little bit bit of background about Babe Ruth. George Herman Ruth was born in 1895. He was sent at the age of seven to St. Mary's Industrial School for Boys, a reformatory and orphanage. According to Julia Ruth Stevens' recount in 1999, because George Sr. was a saloon owner in Baltimore and had given Ruth little supervision growing up, he became a delinquent. So if you have kids nowadays, pay attention to them, apparently, or they may become a delinquent. Ruth was sent to St. Mary's because George Sr. ran out of ideas to discipline and mentor his son. As an adult, Ruth admitted that as a youth, he ran the streets, rarely attending school, and drank beer when his father was not looking. Hey, all right. (laughs) You go, George. (laughs) Some accounts say that following a violent incident at his father's saloon, the city authorities decided that this environment was unstable for a small child. Go figure. (laughs) What way to step in, civil authorities? Ruth entered St. Mary's on June 13, 1902. He spent much of the next 12 years there. He became a shirt maker and was proficient as a carpenter which I couldn't picture. He would adjust his own shirt collar rather than having a tailor do so. Sometimes he was allowed to rejoin his family or he was placed at St. James' home, a supervised residence with work in his community, but he was always returned to St. Mary's. He was rarely visited by his family. His mother died when he was 12 and by some accounts, he was permitted to leave St. Mary's only to attend the funeral. But then he found baseball. The way he came to play the sport is uncertain. According to one account, his placement at St. Mary's was due in part to repeatedly breaking Baltimore's windows with long hits while playing streetball. By another, he was sold to join a team on his first day at St. Mary's by the school's athletic director. And so he started playing baseball while he was at this school. He was encouraged in his pursuits by the school's prefect of discipline, Brother Matthias Boltzlier, a native of Nova Scotia. A large man, he was greatly respected by the boys, both for his strength and for his fairness. For the rest of his life, Ruth would praise Brother Matthias and his running and hitting styles closely resembled his teachers. Ruth stated, I think I was born as a hitter the first day I ever saw him hit a baseball. And the older man became a mentor and role model to Ruth. 
So I want to go to 1914. Ruth was signed to play minor league baseball for the Orioles, but was soon sold to the Red Sox. By 1916, he had built a reputation as an outstanding pitcher who sometimes hit long home runs, which was unusual for pre-1920s dead ball era baseball. Although Ruth twice won 23 games in a season as a pitcher and was a member of three World Series championships teams with the Red Sox, he wanted to play every day and was allowed to convert to be an outfielder. I want to go through his pitching records in his career. In 1914, he was 2-1 with a 3-9 ERA. 1915, he was 18-8 with a 2-4 ERA. 1916, he was 23-12 with a 1-7-5 ERA. 1917, he was 24-13 with a 2.01 ERA. 1918, he was 13-7 with a 2.2 ERA. 1919, he was 9-5 with a 2.97. 1920, he was 1-0 with a 4.5. 1921, he was 2-0 with a 9.0. 1930, he was 1-0 with a 3.0 ERA. And 1933, he was 1-0 with a 5.0 ERA. And we all know about his batting. He ended up hitting 714 home runs in his career and a batting average of 342, which we, ne- we never talk about his high batting average whenever we talk about the career of Babe Ruth. So if he had stuck to pitching, he would not be held in the same esteem as he is today. I'm going to name some of the top pitchers of the 20s. And I want you, Rob, to let me know if you've ever heard of them. Okay. And if you have heard of them, give me any details that you can think about them. Dazzy Vance. Nope. Lefty Grove. He probably was a (laughs) left-handed. There you go. Burley Grimes. He may have been Burley. Urban Shocker. I uh, no idea. Walter Johnson. How generic of a name. <laughs> no, I don't know this guy. Right. Charlie Root. Nah. I'll only do a couple more. Herb Pinnock. No. Nope. Wilbur Cooper. Not ringing the bell. Epirixi. I'm going to end out the top 10 with Bob Shockey. I'm shocked that I don't know Bob. <laughs> the, I've heard of one of those players. I, I had heard of Lefty Grove, but I know yeah, literally... I, I, I think I may have actually heard Lefty Grove, too. But I know literally nothing about him. I just know the name. So if he had been stuck with them, I don't think – you. we don't know pitchers as well. Cy Young, he finished pitching in 1911. And a lot of people know of him, but why do they know who he is? Well, we named an award after him. If we didn't name the pitching award after him, would we have any idea who he was probably? Nah. nah he, he's <laughs> the guy that just throws the ball. <laughs> Yeah, the only reason I know who Cy Young is is because the Cy Young Award. If they had named the Lefty Grove Award or the Let's Go Ahead and Go with Urban Shocker Award or Epirixi Award, we would know who they were, but we don't. In the 90s, which you remember the 90s, probably a lot better than you remember the early 1900s. You'd be surprised. (laughs) There was an ad campaign called Chicks Dig the Long Ball. You remember those? Yeah. In one of the commercials, it is based around Mark McGuire. Near the end, after Mark McGuire's hit some home runs, they show some home runs, Heather Locklear asks a couple of baseball players if they have seen Mark. Do you know who those two guys were that she asked? Let's go with uh, Sammy Sosa and Ken Griffey Jr. Hmm. Okay, well, th- but they were also home run hitters. So she's asking pitchers if they've seen uh, Mark okay, because, okay. because she wants to be with the person who hits the long ball. Let's go with Tom Glavin. And There's one. 
Oh, really? I actually yeah. got it? So think of a teammate. Oh, is it really Maddox? Yes, it is. <laughs> How, how lazy was this commercial? We only go to Braves. I would have actually said Randy Johnson. <laughs> See, and that would have been a good one because he threw so hard. He was like the pitching equivalent of a home run. Yeah. So that would have, that would have been a good one to go to Randy Johnson. But Maddox and Tom Glavin were two of the best pitchers in the 90s. And she was asking them, have you seen Mark? Because what do chicks dig? Oh, they dig the long ball. And yeah. steroids. Well, yeah, I mean, that had a lot to do with that as well. But while that ad occurred in the 90s, it would have fit any decade. <laughs> I don't know if it actually fits nowadays. <laughs> yeah, well, at least pre-90s. Let's go with pre-90s. It would have fit any decade. Why do we care more about who has a home run crown than any other record? Because chicks dig the long ball. People paid attention to the home run race, to the, the home run race between Maguire and Sosa, to the home run race between Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle. Because we want to know who has the most home runs. People love the long ball. Way man. more than we could ever care who has the most wins or who has the all-time best ERA. Do you know who has the best ERA of all time off the top of your head? Is it Whitey Ford? I have no idea. <laughs> it might be Whitey Ford. I didn't look it up. But I literally, off the top of my head, I would have had a guess. Um, can you give a guess to the most wins? The most wins. I have a guess, only because he played 27 years. Go for it. I would have said maybe Nolan Ryan, because he played 27 years. I don't know if that's true or not. And I'm too lazy to look it up, Rob, because I don't care about pitching, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling the solidness of your research on this (laughs) and your anger at pitching. (laughs) You've been a Rangers fan for far too long, my friend. You're very, very bitter against pitching. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Rangers never have it. No. We had one year in the 90s where Aaron Seeley and Rick Helling both had over however many wins. They were the best pitchers. But they still had ERAs of like five or four. I mean, they didn't have a 2.2 ERA. The only reason they got so many wins is because the hitting was so darn good. But yeah, I have no idea who has those off the top of my head. I'm sure I could Google it right now. Are you doing that right now? Well, I'll just tell you straight up. Most wins is your boy, Cy Young. Well, good job, Cy Young. How many wins did he have? 511, Phil. 511? Hey, you know, the dead ball era. Oh, yeah. because pitched every other day. Yeah, because Nolan Ryan at 324. That's pretty good. Man, over 500. Yeah, and Cy Young only played – well, I mean, he played a while. He played – 21 years so i guess he didn't only play 21 seasons or 21 years i didn't realize that he had so many that that's why the pitching trophy is named after him sure i got a sandy kofax here for this era i honestly feel i mean you know looking here at the era list right now babe ruth is in the top 20 well the babe ruth- top, the top one is a guy named ed walsh who i've, I've never heard of in my life well I mean, you heard my ERAs. He has to be in the top 20. As a full-time pitcher, his highest ERA was 2.97. His highest ERA in the season was nine, but he only pitched two games that season. So he was getting two-point-something regularly. So in any decade, for what it's worth, Chicks have always dug the long ball. Now, if Ruth had stayed as a full-time pitcher, he would have hit home runs, which is different than those other pitchers. Because they weren't hitting 
15, 20, 30 home runs as a pitcher. But he would have not ended up with 714. He would have probably ended up with 400, 500 or so. And because of that, he would have been lost in the mix a little bit more. As far as his pitching goes, I believe, and obviously I have no knowledge per se to back this up, but as a full-time pitcher on the mound that many times, his body would have broken down sooner. He would have been a star pitcher for a number of years and then started declining because pitching takes a lot out of you, especially back in those days. You didn't pitch once every five days. No, I think they probably were pitching about once every three, two, three days. Yeah. So you'd have a lot less rest in between and pitching just takes a lot out of you more than being in the outfield or even hitting. So while people would know who he is, if he had stayed as a full-time pitcher, he would not be one of those early 20th century players that every single person knows. There are only a handful of players that you go up to somebody who is not a sports fan, they would know. Babe Ruth's one of those. Michael Jordan's one. I would say Muhammad Ali's probably one of those. And now, like, maybe LeBron James would probably be one of those. Well, Tom Um, Brady's on your list. Tom Brady would be there. But there's probably only seven or eight. I think that's probably pretty fair. Yeah, and Babe Ruth is easily one of those. You go up to anybody and say, do you know who Babe Ruth is? They would say, oh, yeah, he played baseball. Now, if you said, do you know who George Herman Ruth is? (laughs) That might get a few stares. But But people you You think about the names that we just listed off there. Muhammad Ali, you know. 60s, 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. but Babe Ruth, I mean, you're going back 1920, 1930s at that point. Yeah. Uh, that, that's actually, that's pretty fascinating that you're almost 100 years after the fact. Yeah. And, and there's, yeah, he's still on that list. Yeah. And there's probably still a few others from that time. One of them because of the disease that he ended up having, Lou Gehrig. So most people would know him, but because of, Lou Gehrig's disease. So he would have been on there. And maybe like even some of the stars, like Ty Cobb, I don't think would be on there. Mickey Mantle, maybe. I would wager Mickey Mantle or Joe DiMaggio. Oh, I guess I can see Joe the DiMaggio. Two of those guys might be on that list. Yeah. But, there's... but that, that's a Yankee factor too, man. Definitely. It, yeah. So – I don't think he would be the household name that he is. He's one of those sports figures that's almost more myth than reality now. <laughs> kind of like the Bo Jackson deal. Yes. Just the mythological figure of Babe Ruth is so huge. And it has to do with his hitting the ball out of the ballpark so many darn times. And also, obviously, being known for eating hot dogs in the dugout and, and the way he took care of himself as well. But if he doesn't have those 714 home runs and 60 home runs in a season, which he got in 1927, I don't think he would be a household name if he had stayed as a full-time pitcher. So that's my thoughts on Mr. George Herman Ruth. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say we'll probably be revisiting Mr. Ruth again in the in the future on this podcast we 100 percent will be <laughs> there were there are two his, what his ifs. name will come up again <laughs> there, were, there, there may have been two what ifs i was trying to decide between and i decided to go with the lesser discussed one this isn't discussed quite as much as the other one and just just putting it out there i, I think there's a pretty famous what if out there and alternate reality for mr ruth yes 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 
But yeah, so that's Babe Ruth. He would have been thought of as one of the top pitchers of all time and a hell of a ball player, but he obviously, in my opinion, would not have been near the pantheon that he is thought of as today. So I have a question for you. What are we doing next time? Next pod, I think that we'll start talking about another of these players that's up there on the Mount Rushmore of, hey, do you know him? And I bet your wife does, even though she's never watched any sports. I am looking forward to that. So we will see you all in a couple weeks.